Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to this June 23rd, 2016 episode of the College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist Show presented by the NFL Draft Bible, nfldraftbible.com. You can use the promo code DRAFT2016 uh, for a free 30-day trial, so be sure to check that out. Of course, a few weeks ago, we released the official 2017 College Gridiron Showcase Watchlist. And uh, we've already gone over many of the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers that are on that watch list of over 400 prospects. And this afternoon we have the tight ends on tap to keep an eye on for this upcoming season. As always, I am your host, Chris Shanafell. A reminder that the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium kicks off January 7th. It goes on through January 11th in Bedford, Texas. For more information and to view the watch list, you can log on to cbsallstar.com. And for updates on the College Gridiron Showcase and NFL Draft, again, visit nfldraftbible.com and go to nucgold.com to subscribe. Again, the promo code free 30-day trial, Draft 2016. Uh, of course, be sure to follow on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible at CGS All-Star. And if you have any questions regarding the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, Please contact the co-founders of the game, Craig Red and or Jose Jefferson. And with that said, I now welcome back onto the show co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium, Jose Jefferson. Jose, hope all is well, my man. Last week we went over the wide receivers and we touched on a couple guys such as Jakeem Grant and Jawan Bredskinson, uh, who, uh, of course, participated in last year's CGS. They're now playing professionally. And a name that we forgot to bring up who is really generating a lot of buzz is Andy Jones, formerly of Jacksonville University, now with the Dallas Cowboys. I was actually able to lock down an interview with him a few months ago, uh, but right, right, following, uh, right after his outstanding pro day, certainly one of the better pro days of all the 2016 draft prospects. What can you tell us about Andy Jones? What what did he show throughout the week in Bedford? And uh, can you see him contributing right away? I mean, Dallas is number two wide receiver, Terrence Williams. He's entering his final year in his contract. Can Andy Jones be a guy that we could see sometime in the near future uh, play opposite side of Des Bryant? Um, I think so. I mean, all week long, um, Andy Jones was there with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, a, a polite chip, as I call it. I mean, he, he was very pleasant, but he was there with things to prove. And, and um, obviously, with a great combine, great pro day, um, with the way offenses are going in the NFL, um, uh, you don't need, you know, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, the Michael Irvins, and the Des Bryants are great to have, but it's also those guys like the Andy Joneses that are also going to take some pressure off of those guys so they're singly matched up as opposed to getting the doubles all the time. But um, I, I, I'm, I think Dallas has a steal. I mean, um, I happen to know Will McClay, who's the uh, director of player personnel there. We, we go back to the Arena League, and he's under that same impression of, you know, the dink and dunk type of guys, the athletes. And um, I, I think he's going to be phenomenal for that. I would be shocked if he's not on the 53-man roster come opening day. Yeah, and again, he absolutely dominated his pro day, which really uh, turned him on a lot of radars. And, of course, he was before that 
at the College Gridiron Showcase opening up a lot of eyes. Now, they, uh, on today's show, we'll be focusing on the 2017 class of tight ends. Uh, so making the transition to the tight end position, uh, Cedric Lang was another guy participating in last year's game. Uh, he's now attempting to make the transition from basketball to football with the New York football giants. I've been told that Lang and Adam Fueni out of Southern Illinois were both like guarding tree trunks throughout the week there in Bedford. <laughs> uh, what kind of impression did those guys leave on you? Oh, my goodness. Those, I have a picture with those guys, in fact, the whole tight end group, and um, I, I, that challenges your manhood right there. I'm 5'9", and, and those guys were easily 10 to 11 inches taller than me, but it was a, it was a great experience with them. But the tight end position, obviously, with um, – Antonio Gates, the the Grams of the world, the Gronks, um, it, it's totally changed um, in terms of there's two types now. You're blocking tight end and you're receiving tight end. And and Cedric Lang was, you know, he was unique because he was the first um, player that ever that I've ever seen his highlight video, and it ended with a barrage of dunks. You know, I mean, he had the football in there, but it was his barrage of the 360 dunks and reverse dunks and showing his athleticism. And um, he was labeled as a try-hard guy, you know, from, from some scouts. And I think he turned some heads um, by getting in there, mixing it up, being able to, to grab the, the, the football out of the air and in traffic. And um, he was tough, you know I mean? And, and uh, I, like I said, is he going to have a challenge with the, with the Giants? Yeah, a little bit because their their offense is, you know, Bob McAdoo, he's with Mike McCarthy, and so it's that dink and dunk offense, which doesn't really highlight the tight end as much. However, um, I think he could probably come in there and, and sneak in there and do some things and, and open some eyes up for himself. So I'm excited to see him go. I really am. And we've seen former basketball players, we've seen many former basketball players get a look in the NFL. You have the Tony Gonzalez's of the world, Antonio Gates, um, and, of course, the Dallas Cowboys uh, drafted Rico Gathers in the sixth round out of Baylor. So uh, certainly something that we've uh, seen before and certainly hope uh, Lane could get on a roll there in New York with the New York football Giants. Um, and lastly, Jose, anything else before I let you go? Any new updates with the CGS? You know, we're we're still rolling with um, sponsorships. Um, you know, like I said, one of um, um, the new um, drink companies is, is really eyeing us to to kind of be our official drink. Um, can't name them yet until they sign the paper, I suppose. But um, you know, every day it, we're we're on the phone, me and Craig, um, talking about potential partnerships. I'm trying to grow uh, the event, and it has grown. Um, I don't know if I had said this before on prior uh, podcasts, but I was on the phone for about an hour with Ken Fiore, who's the vice president of player personnel for the NFL, and they have approved the College Red Arms Showcase um, as an event that they will endorse to all their teams. So we are obviously in the clear, in the and the, the good graces of the NFL and one of the events that um, they are endorsing to their clubs and will put on their calendar. So it, it's been a very, very busy offseason for CGS. And that is absolutely big time. I mean, day by day, week by week, uh, you know, brighter and brighter things are coming along with the College Gridiron Showcase and uh, – you know, we certainly can't wait for the 2017 uh, College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. Jose, as always, thanks for giving us a call in. No problem. Take care.
Again, that's Jose Jefferson, the co-founder of the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. And uh, I now welcome on to the show, as always, they're here with me every week, Joe Everett and Rick Saratella. Rick is coming off of a uh, a show, actually, fresh off of a show, the Sports Tech Guys show uh, on Blog Talk Radio, on Facebook Live, on Periscope, the whole nine yards. Of course, uh, NFLDraftBible.com, and uh, as always, I am your host, Chris Shanafelt. Um and, and you guys, I mean, uh, just, just looking at this uh, group of tight ends that we have here on the uh, 2017 College Gridiron Showcase watch list, I mean, group one, I, I mean, just looking at this first group, you could already tell it'll be a, a better group than uh, this past year's group of tight ends. I mean, you got O.J. Howard out of Alabama, Jake Butt, Michigan, Evan Ingram, Ole Miss, and Jordan Legit out of Clemson. Joe, we'll go to you first. I mean, who, who's your favorite out of these guys who, uh, you know, we could see going as soon as the uh, the first round? I'll take all four of these guys. Uh, I agree with you, Christian. It's such a, a, a marked improvement over last year's class, and I just think a lot of previous years, you know, maybe there's been an elite guy at the top, but no depth or – Maybe there's been some depth, but really no shining stars, whereas like this senior class by itself would be considered a great group. And, you know, we, we don't even need to touch on those underclassmen, but I'll, I'll stick with the Alabama kid, O.J. Howard. Uh, uh, maybe all four of these guys could have declared early. I was very worried that Howard did uh, because he's still very raw, but promised probably the most uh, athletic guy here of this four, just freakish measurables. He's got, he's a real vertical threat with that height he has and the length, the range. He can get down the field quickly. And I, I think, you know, pro scouts are going to like the offense he comes from. Lane Kiffin doing it pro concepts. Now he'll, this will be what his third year uh, under Kiffin. So uh, a lot going for him, but still, I think, um, unfinished product you know you can't like assign him a grade right now just because I'm not seeing a lot of uh, sophisticated route runnings of course a great bowl game last season but uh, just a a guy that still needs to uh, prove himself a bit more as a pass catcher also could use to add a little bit of bulk but once it gets to testing time I think uh, there's going to be a lot of teams drooling over OJ Howard so I'll go with him. Yeah, and you touched on it already, Joe. I mean, these are seniors that we're talking about. We're not even talking about the underclassmen. And here we have, uh, you know, four prospects who really could go as high as the first round. I mean, at least over the last few years, it seems like the tight end position has almost been like the running back position where, you know, you may have a guy, you know, one tight end go in the first round. Then after that, you'll you'll start seeing them sprinkle in in the third, fourth round, kind of like this past year. Um, Rick, what what about you? I mean, uh, did, did any of these guys make a mistake by – Staying in school, again, these are all seniors. They could have came out in the 2016 NFL draft, and we're already talking about how, uh, how, how I don't know, bad that, that class was. Um, did, did any mm-hmm. of you guys make a mistake by staying in school? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, listen, I mean, Joe hit the nail on the head. O.J. Howard maybe doesn't have the production. Lane Kiffin not using the tight end a lot in that offense, but they found a way towards the end of the year. I mean, this guy – was busting out and I have a feeling if he came out early and went through the combine testing and completely blew up Indianapolis like I think he'll do in February uh you take a look at the tight end class this year there's no doubt OJ Howard could have been a a top round pick if not a first round pick and uh same thing with Leggett from, from Clemson you know you take a look at his body of work and and some of those Clemson guys on the defensive side of the ball only had 
uh, one-year experience, Jack Lawson, Kevin Dodd. Well, Leggett was the offensive version for the Tigers. Uh, redshirt sophomore, really came on as a, as a playmaker in that offense. I see him as a guy who could really ascend into a possible first-round pick. So, you know, I, I, it would have been interesting to see if he declared he could have been a guy that kind of skyrocketed as we got closer to the draft. Jake Butt, I, I really do think he did make a mistake because, hey, listen, he has a realistic shot to be a first-round pick, but, you know, I see him as a second-round guy. I saw him as a second-round guy last year, and I think he'll wind up in the second round this year. So, for me, I think Jake Butt probably made the biggest mistake because I don't think he has anything to gain. I don't think he is going to really significantly improve his draft stock, whereas a guy like Evan Evan Ingram, I think he can improve his draft stock. He can work his way. He might not be in that first-round mix now, but with a solid season, he could definitely uh, work his way into that mix. Yeah, you know, and if Jake Butt entered last year, I mean, he, he would have at least made that tight end group look look a little bit stronger, as you said, probably somewhere in that second or early third-round grade. Um, but looking at now the, the, the Tier 2 uh, of these tight ends on the 2017 College Showcase watch list, you got Gerald Everett, South Alabama, Taylor McNamara, USC, Josiah Price, Michigan State, Billy Freeman, San Jose State, Colin Thompson, Temple, Jeremy Sprinkle, Arkansas, Daryl Daniels, Washington, Jer- Johnny Munt, uh, Oregon, Standish Dobard, Miami, John Smith, Florida International, FIU in the building, and Keith Cowbridge of Louisville. Um, Joe, I mean, uh, which of these, you know, one, maybe two tight ends that has a chance to rise into that, you know, maybe late first, may, maybe early second round, um, you know, kind of area? Two guys I like from this list that do a good season. I think uh, Gerald Everett from South Alabama, no relation, guys, of course not. Uh, I, I actually has no resemblance to me. He's a big, tall, athletic cut. I'm a short, fat, white guy. So uh, Everett, though, a real legitimate pass-catching threat. He was a focal point of that offense uh, as far as when they go to the air. And I love the story. You know, he's from UAB, and after that uh, program just sort of disbanded, he and a lot of the Blazers went over to South Alabama, including their offensive coordinator. So it's kind of like a you know band of brothers. We're sticking together and play football. Uh, Everett actually only had uh, – one year of football at high school. He's more of a basketball background, had to go to Hutchinson Community College, then UAB. They closed down football, now South Alabama. I mean, this kid wants it. The the ability is unquestioned. I love his body control. He's a legit hands catcher. A good height, he just needs to bulk up. He might be in a little tweener role like a, a Jordan Reed from the Redskins, but, you know, faux wide out, flexed out wide a lot. But I think he's got a spot in this league, and, you know, South Alabama is going to be leaning on him hard. Uh, once again, every time they go to the air, and then uh, another guy, Billy Freeman, San Jose State, led them in receiving last year. This is a good program. The kid runs good routes, decent speed, uh, but an effective blocker. He understands his angles. Uh, I don't know that he's a gifted pass catcher, but he gets the job done. Uh, he just uh, He's a kind of a body catcher. It's not pretty, but once again, I guess that, that is his game. I don't care what it looks like. He's getting the job done. That's why he made the uh, Mackey Award watch list. So uh, looking at that program, it's on its way up. Billy Freeman's going along for the ride. So that's a guy definitely to watch. I think he's got a chance to really ascend to the to the top ten. And you know what, Joe, I, I echo your sentiments on uh, Gerald Everett of, of South Alabama. I mean, certainly going to be the fo- focal point 
of their offense this season. And uh, like you said, just a, a natural pass catcher. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does uh, this season as a senior, you know, his last, last go around. Um, Rick, any favorite out of this bunch here, Tier 2? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm disappointed. I could have swore Joe and Gerald were related, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. But, uh, you know, if you guys are fans of the NFL draft, Bible, then you already know, I always make a trek down to Philadelphia to watch the Temple Owls at least once or twice a year. And uh, the guy, I, I really want to keep an eye on this kid. And I'm curious to see whether or not Colin Thompson is going to really put it together and finally be the player that we've been waiting for him to be now. He, he started out at Florida, uh, highly recruited out of Doylestown, PA. I mean, he chose the Gators over schools like Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, just to name a few. Uh, you know, started 10 games last year, more in a, a uh, blocking type of role. But, uh, you know, Sal Major is gone. He graduated. He moved on. He was kind of their pass-catching guy. Uh, Colin Thompson really has a, a, a situation here to really carve out a niche uh, you saw him make a big play last year on the two-point conversion. Uh, P.J. Walker hit him, but just 16 career catches so far uh, during his time at Temple. I think that uh, this is a guy six foot four, 250, could come out of nowhere. Now, you know, he ba- he battled a foot injury, uh, you know, I-, I think a couple years ago. Um, so staying on the field, obviously we want to see him stay healthy. But if he does, guys, I mean, this is a guy completely off the radar that I think could – you know, work him, work himself into a draftable grade, puts all the pieces together. The other guy, uh, Janu Smith, FIU, uh, this, this young man led the country in receiving for tight ends in the country two years ago, uh, 710 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, a pass catch machine in that, that Ron Turner led offense, uh, Ron Turner, brother of North Turner, NFL experience, uh, head coach there at FIU, really knows how to utilize this kid. I mean, you talk about a weapon. He lines up in the slot. He, he lines up outside as a wideout, uh, tight end, H-back, fullback. Uh, they're throwing this kid motion, uh, running him in motion, bubble screen, pitches. You name it, this kid does it. Again, uh, another tight end coming off an injury, missed four games last year, still had uh, 400 yards receiving. So I'm looking for Janu Smith, six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds, maybe bulk up another ten pounds or so. Uh, but you're talking about a pass catching type of guy. I, I think he has nearly uh, fifteen hundred yards receiving and almost twenty touchdowns during his first three seasons. I think this guy could be a playmaker at the tight end position. No doubt about it. Again, you guys are tuned into the College Gridiron Showcase watch list presented by the NFLDraftBible.com. You guys could uh, go on, log on to the NFL Draft Bible, use the promo code DRAFT2016 for a 30-day free trial. Be sure to follow on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible at CGS All-Star. And if you want to take a full look at, these, at this uh, watch list of over 400 prospects, go ahead and do it, CGSAllStar.com. I'm your host, Chris Chanthal. We also got Rick Cortella and Joe Everett here on the line. And uh, let's take a look at Tier 3 of the tight ends that are here on the CGS watch list, uh, starting with Wyatt Houston, Utah State, Carlos Carvajal, uh, Purdue, Evan Bayless, Oregon, Sam Cotton, Nebraska, Deshaun Smith, LSU, Daniel Brunskill, San Diego State, Faison Odom, Fordham, Sean Polkin, Missouri, Stephen Carter, Nebraska, and Duncan Fletcher of Furman wraps up Tier 3. 
And uh, if I could, I'd like to kick this one off. We're going to look at a for each at this Pier 3 group and looking at Faison Odom of Fordham, uh, a huge receiving target, 6'8", 245 pounds, does a fantastic job at uh, really catching the ball with his hands, so really nice, soft hands, um, and uh, certainly has to work on his blocking. Um, you know, you, you watch some tape, and uh, he, he does tend to play with a, a high pad level, but, I mean, uh, you know, being 6'8", will do that to you, I suppose. Um, uh, another one of these former basketball players making the transition to uh, playing football. You know, I mean, this is a guy that uh, sat out his first uh, first year there at Fordham due to an injury. Second year, he had to sit behind an All-American tight end. And then uh, last year, he really was able to break out, uh, reeling in seven touchdowns, and uh, which was third in all the FCS. Faison uh, Odom of Fordham is the guy that I think uh, has the potential to really rise up this, uh, this group of tight ends. Uh, you know, talking about the 2017 prospects. Um, Joe, uh, what, what about you? Is there a sleeper on this list that you uh, you want to keep an eye out on? Uh, there's, there's a lot of guys out here. It's like kind of the big blocking, nasty tight end list. A lot of these guys, if they don't make it in the NFL, they've got a future as a bouncer outside of a nightclub because they are just some large and in charge guys. Uh, the one I like most is uh, Danny Brunskill out of San Diego State. Just looking at the Aztecs program, they love to run the football. This guy's a converted offensive tackle, kind of ideal for their set, and a former walk-on, but really has started to polish up his game as a pass catcher, uh, you know, just being supposedly a thug. Well, he caught a couple of touchdowns last year. He's very understanding of blocking, and, and, you know, the arrow was pointed up for him, I think, as far as who's in a good program, who could have a big senior, and the NFL's not messing around. They're looking for two-way guys. I mean, that's why Nick Bennett, this is last year, got drafted in the third round. They want someone who can legitimately block and then get the job done catching the pass as well. Of this group, I think, uh, yeah, Brunskill is definitely headed up, and I, I love hearing you talk about uh, Fazan Odom. Boy, that's super sleeper in this class. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And, and Brunskill, uh, one of those nasty blocker guys, kind of the opposite of Faison Odom. But, um, you know, like you said, in the NFL, they're looking for, for guys that could do it all, especially at the tight end position. Um, Rick, what about you? Any sleeper here on this tier three of tight ends? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to stick with the theme of Faison Odom. Uh, this is a guy, really, that should be on the national radar coming out of the Bronx, New York, here in Fordham, a guy – we will follow very closely throughout the season. And you heard Jose, you know, talk about Cedric Lang and, you know, him and Adam Pointy at the, the College Gridiron Showcase this past season, like two big tree trunks, uh, you know, catching passes. Uh, you know, I, I spoke to Bart Scott about how difficult it is to tackle uh, these taller tight ends, the guys like Rob Gronkowski who goes 6'5", 6'6", 250 pounds. Well, Faison Odom goes about six foot eight, two hundred and fifty pounds. He would be uh, the tallest tight end in the league once he gets drafted. Uh, Toyolo from Atlanta right now holds that distinction, I believe. But you talk about a red zone target. Uh, this guy had seven touchdowns last year, 30, uh, 37 catches. So I mean, you're talking about uh, a quarter of his catches were, were for touchdowns. As you mentioned, Chris sat behind Dan Light, an All-American there at Fordham. And this, you know, this Fordham football program, 
they are going to really have a high-powered offense this year. And I think this young man, mm-hmm. Faison Odom, is a guy that's going to bust out in a big way and really put himself on that national radar. And I love to give some of these um, small school guys and the FCS guys some love because we do concentrate on, on the, the, the Power Five conference guys so much, and they always get the shine. They're always in the spotlight and the national media attention. But this is a young man, if you're not familiar with, you need to get to know. And he's been timed uh, in the mid-4-6 range from what I've heard. So, you know, if he runs under 4-7 in that mid-4-6 range at six foot eight, two 250 pounds, that's going to be very intriguing, especially at the very least uh, as he develops and, and enhances his blocking capabilities. I mean, at the very least, you bring him in in the, in the red zone packages, and this guy is instant offense. I mean, you just throw him a jump ball, and, uh, you know, with his arm reach, there's not going to be too many guys who can compete for it. You're absolutely right about that. And, uh, you know, just talking about the Fordham program, I mean, that's a, that's one of my favorite programs in all the FCS, one of the more talented programs in all the FCS, and uh, certainly one of, my fav- one of the teams that I'll be uh, keeping an eye out on on uh, making a playoff run. Uh, this coming season, um, and you guys, we, we ran through 25 of the tight ends that are on our watch list. Uh, again, still plenty more to cover. Uh, again, don't forget to log on to cgsallstar.com to view the list in its entirety. We are still accepting player nominations season long. You guys can follow on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible at CGS All Star. Um, Joe, any final thoughts? I mean, certainly a, a much better, a, a much improved class from just a year ago. Um, any final thoughts on this tight ends class? Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd have to go back to, what, 2010 for a, a tight end class that's good, the one that had Gresham and Gronkowski and Graham hernandez Pitta was in that class. But uh, this really is a good group. Look out for Bucky Hodges, an underclassman that could be added to it. But I'd say – Look out next week for the Offensive Lineman Show is my final thought. We got the bloodlines like Zach Banner at USC, son of Lincoln Kennedy. And if if you all thought I was done waxing poetic about IU football players, well, get ready for Dan Feeney. I believe he's the first guard off the board in next year's draft. Uh, Go Hoosiers, blocking for a 2,000-yard back in Tevin Coleman, blocking for 2,000-yard backs in Howard and Redding last year. Dan Feeney must be getting the job done. So uh, I'm pretty jacked up for the linemen next week, guys. Hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, Showing some love to IU football. Uh, There you go, Joe. And, Rick, uh, you know, before we end this show, I mean, uh, let us know about the new show, Sports Tech Guys, and uh, give us the latest on uh, what's going on over at NFLDraftBible.com. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, first off, I'm 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 all always excited to talk uh, trench warfare and guys in the trenches and man, Lincoln Kennedy. I saw him at the College Football Hall of Fame. He's about the size of a house. And you talk about those Hoosiers, Joe. I mean, uh, they're they're starting to develop a, a little bit of a name for themselves. Jason Spriggs this year, uh, and a couple guys on the radar for next year. But yeah, we just launched the Sports Tech. Sports Tech Guys uh, podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. It's over on the NUC uh, Draft Bible account, and we're there every day at noon during the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, if you love sports and you're into technology like I am, then, you know, it's really a show. Uh, I, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a platform for me to not only educate you out there, but 
I'm also getting an education at the same time. Uh, today we had Michael Weinstein on from Zibex Sports, who, you know, is in charge of the laser timing for the NFL scouting combine. And um, I can go on, you know, on and on and on and talk about what we discussed with him, but it's, it's pretty cool to hear some of the technology. And now that they have about a decade of data to kind of make sense of it all, they're, they're starting to put together formulas using analytics and uh, really interesting stuff. I also asked them, you know, because the NFL is talking about uh, injecting some new testing, some new type of drills, uh, since he works with the NFL, I wanted to kind of pick his brain, get his thoughts on, you know, what he thought should be introduced to the NFL scouting combine. And, you know, uh, you can give the show a listen, but, you know, it's more to the cerebral uh, you know, mental type of uh, testing. I think that's where teams are, are really trying to gather, you know, intelligence and information on on the uh, psychological makeup of, of some of these players. But a lot of stuff going on. Also, just got the good word. We'll be at uh, – shout out to Big Daddy. Uh, Richard Salgado will be at the Big Daddy Youth Football Camp out in Long Island next week. A lot of big names. Uh, Steve Spagnola will catch up with him. Adam Schefter will catch up with him. Uh, a lot of, a lot of tri-state area uh, guys are going to be there, as well as some other, you know, uh, mainstream guys that we'll catch up to. And that's what we keep on doing uh, during the summer. Here is just catching up with some of the current players, former players, coaches. Uh, we're going to be hitting up some NFL training camps. We just posted the top 100 quarterbacks, regardless of draft class in the nation, in the world. So if you want to get a, a, a look at that, use our promo code. It's still in effect, draft2016. Uh, get your 30-day free promo there. But a lot of big things going on, gentlemen, and, and we'll be down in Bedford, Texas. Believe it or not, in about six or seven months, it'll be here before you know it. The invites will be going out, and uh, we'll have uh, balls-to-the-wall coverage of that College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium January 7th through 11th down in Bedford, Texas. So if you didn't uh, make your reservations, book those tickets now. And uh, if you're a player or a coach that wants to nominate somebody, we'll be taking nominations all season long. Can't wait to uh, get my nose into some more film. (laughs) All right. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it for the 2017 College Gridiron Showcase uh, tight end show. And, of course, be sure to tune in next week for the Offensive Line Show. I'm Chris Shanafelt of NFLDraftBible.com, along with Rick Saratella and Joe Everett.